and welcome to Best Behavior Creative Club, an original design sensory production. Uh, and we are super happy, and we are coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee, at the Tennessee Governor's Conference for Economic Development. I am your host, Chris McAdoo. And I'm Brad Carpenter. There he is. And we are talking with Amanda Martin from the state of Tennessee, and she is the Senior Rural Policy Advisor. Amanda, if you just take a minute to sort of introduce yourself, what do you do? How do you do it? Who do you do it for and why? All right. My name is Amanda Martin. I work on rural policy. So all that really means is that I do everything I can to support rural communities all the, all across the state. It, honestly, it's in anything that that community needs. So our, our department is all about creating jobs. And in order for us to be able to bring good jobs to these communities, people got to want to live in these communities. Right. And we want to support the businesses that are already there, entrepreneurs that might be there, and we want them to be attractive to I- any companies that might be looking to come there. So uh, it's, it's really important to me. I'm from one of these rural communities myself so I enjoy every day getting to wake up and think about how we how we take care of all of our communities across the state rural communities matter Uh, the governor says that a whole lot they matter because they are special communities they have an important place in in our state they we we like agriculture we need our rural communities for that but we also they're engines of economic development as well and so just want to make sure that we aren't leaving any areas of our state behind and that all of our rural communities are able to thrive. So you're from one of these rural communities. Let's put a face to a name. Where are you from? I'm from Oneida, Tennessee in Scott County. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Jefferson County. So there you go. Uh, shout out to my Jefferson County Patriots, state champs, 87. Still feeling <laughs> feels, it. Feels like 87. Feels, feels like, like 87. 87. <laughs> Amanda, what, as, as, you know, the focus with you and your team is on those rural areas, those rural strategies. So I think that you're going to have a really interesting point of view on the intersection of economic development mm-hmm. and quality of life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those rural communities coming into their own for their natural assets, for tourism, for, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. So what do you see as, you know, opportunities and challenges that you're working through with those communities right now? Well, our rural opportunities certain have a, certainly have a lot of assets. A lot of people want to live in a rural community. As someone who currently lives in Nashville and I can reach out my window and, and touch the house next to me, <laughs> you know, so, some people want to be able to have space. They want to be able to have that additional land. They want to be able to raise their family in one of those tight ki- tight-knit communities where they bump into their kid's teacher at, at Walmart on the weekend so they know exactly how well their child is doing in their <laughs> class. They, uh, that was the worst they, when I was a kid. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they, they want that work ethic that a lot of our rural communities have. They want... They want those beautiful natural assets. At Scott County, we have the beautiful Big South Fork. We have beautiful mountains, the outdoor recreation, whether it's riding a four-wheeler, going kayaking, fishing, hunting, all of that stuff is a great way of life and certainly is a huge asset that that you can have when you're you're living in a rural community. I think that that's something that rural communities have to to offer to to people that are uh, in terms of economic development. I think, you know, nobody wants to... uh, invest hundreds of millions of dollars in building a new factory in a place that they don't want to live. And so it's critically important that uh, we're focused not just on, you know, not just on the sites 
and uh, the infrastructure, but that we're also focused on what it's like to live in that place. Uh, one example of that are, um, are downtowns. I mean, downtowns can be such a thriving cultural center for the community where people come and they see their kids' teacher, where they host events and festivals, and the community really is able to connect. And so in, in so many ways, quality of life and economic development are just completely intertwined. Well, that's cool. So there is, or there, there's a lot of opportunity out there for those rural communities. What are some of the programs? What are kind, what are some of the things that you guys are actively doing right now to um, to support those rural strategies? Absolutely, we have a we have a whole suite of programs at ECD to support. Uh, our rural communities. So everything from downtown revitalization. So how do you go about historic preservation? <laughs> how do you make sure that you protect those assets and don't just tear them down, but you you know, use those as, as economic drivers and a, a pull into downtown? Mm-hmm. We help renovate commercial facades to, to restore some of those downtowns to some of their former glory and take off that really ugly awning they put on in <laughs> the 1980s. Right? Yeah. It was the same time people were putting those awnings, they we're also putting like carpet on walls and stuff like in the old restaurants. Yeah. Sorry, Calhoun's on the river in Knoxville. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so from the aesthetics of the downtown, we also help the communities do a lot in terms of just the basics with economic development, like industrial site development. So yeah. if you want to be able to, to compete, you got to have some product on the shelf that our great business team business development team can get out there and sell. So we help communities be able to invest in and develop those properties before they really have a, uh, a prospect on site so that they are attractive. Nice. So we also we also work on broadband. So that's one of uh, the big things for oh. our rural communities. It, it's connectivity. If we want if we want our rural communities to be able to compete, they've got to be able to be connected. And the great thing about connectivity is that you can live anywhere you want to live and work anywhere you want to work mm-hmm. if you've got the right connectivity. So we have a, a grant program building out infrastructure to unserved areas and really just looking to I- expand that connectivity and the opportunities that come with that. We have programs that support rural hospitals. We want to make sure there's access to health care. We have programs that support workforce development. We have programs that support really important things like water and sewer infrastructure because everybody needs water. <laughs> you know, you don't you take for granted that you can be connected to a sewer system, but that's not the case everywhere. And so that's important just from a quality of life standpoint, but also an industrial recruitment standpoint, making sure we've got we've got adequate water capacity to meet industrial needs. We we work on tourism as well. Tourism can be a great economic driver for these communities, and so we help communities develop their tourism assets. So that you know they've got things that will bring uh, people into the community so that they can generate that economic impact. So we we honestly want to help support our communities any way that we can and if we can't do it we'd love to get them connected with another department in the state that that can be able to help them. So cooperation. Uh, Absolutely. Right cooperation community. I have to ask because you do speak with a level of, of focus on those rural communities. What drew you to this? I think I I think I saw the impact that having that living in a rural community had on me growing up. So I saw how much 
that community aspect uh, contributed to a lot of the opportunities that I was able to have later in life. I think I really, I, I was just back home visiting my parents a couple of weeks ago and I was sitting at a Friday night football game because, I mean, that's what you do in a rural yeah. community on a Friday <laughs> night. And I was just sitting there and interacting with all these people and seeing how connected the community was to each other. And I just thought this is why rural communities are special. I live in Nashville. I live across the street from a high school and I've never been to one of their football games. I mean, I can hear it every time they have a, uh, a football game, but I've never been. And I think that there's something really special about that connection and, and the people that live in rural communities. Well, that's that's pretty neat. So with that connection, mm -hmm. then you, you guys are all always looking for the next opportunities mm -hmm. as well as the next challenges. What do you see right now as you know, some of the biggest roadblocks or stumbling blocks, challenges, and what do you see coming down the road? What are you guys looking towards dealing with in the future? I think one of the the big challenges that our rural communities can face is geographic isolation okay. or just logistical challenges because they're further out or further from some of these services. I think that's one of the reasons that broadband is so important because that can really bridge the gap. We actually, uh, um, the governor was out and the commissioner were out uh, a few weeks ago in Sneedville, Tennessee at, at a ribbon cutting for a call center. And you know, it, it's in an area that we couldn't have landed a manufacturing facility because just logistically transporting goods and services didn't make a lot of sense. But but a call center connected with fiber, that makes a lot of sense there. So I, I think that really focusing on that connectivity can help us overcome some of the geographic isolation or just logistical issues that are there. So I think that that's one of the challenges. The other one that I would say, and I think this is something that we're seeing um, across the state, unemployment is low right now, and that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But that's also a challenge for a lot of our employers to get the workforce they need. And so I think there's a huge opportunity to try to tap into segments of the population that have been underutilized. I was actually sitting in a session earlier today where we were talking about how to engage people that, that aren't actively participating in the labor force. So we had, we had a great representative from the Department of Labor and Workforce Development talking about all the services that they have to try to be able to support people to get them back into the workforce. Mm -hmm. Maybe they need to be retrained or maybe they need help with transportations or maybe they need help with childcare, but those resources are there to try to bring people back into the workforce. We also had uh, the Gibson County Sheriff was there talking about how they're going into their local jail and they're training people. Mm -hmm. They're working with their TCAT to provide training and then they're taking people, taking inmates during the day to a employer to work. And so people are coming out with, coming out of prison with skills, they're coming out of prison with a greater sense of self-worth, and then they're not coming back to jail. And so you're really seeing a lot of benefits to the community because there, there's value in people being able to support themselves and being engaged in the community by having a job. And so how do we, we've seen, as unemployment has gone down, we ha, we've seen, we have a number of counties where the labor force participation rate is low. So it means that we actually have 19 counties where over half of the population is not in the labor force. That means they don't have a job or they're not looking for a job. And so how do we, how do we help bring those people back, back into the, to the workforce? Mm -hmm. Wow. So over half, that is a, that's, that's a lot to overcome. I mean, you know, um, from a policy standpoint, as well as a boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. So to follow up on that, what have you seen and or are you experiencing right now for those communities that works 
right, that either engages folks or makes people interested in those community efforts? I think what's really successful is when people are thinking outside the box, when they are willing to try something new, when they are um, willing to kind of push back on the the status quo. I think it it can be challenging in some of these communities to deal with what I like to call cave people, citizens against virtually everything. And so, you know, you have to deal with those people that are afraid of change or or they don't want change. But when you can Find that group of stakeholders, that elected leader, those youth, maybe even engage the millennials in the community. You can, you can, you can really see some, you can really see some (laughs) cool things happen in the community. And so I think that that willingness to just, to work together to try something new is really critical in kind of whatever, whatever you do. I think some of the, to be kind of specific about some things that we've seen work, we've seen communities really embrace tourism and yeah, yeah, yeah. reinvest some of those additional revenue that comes in through tourism in, in other ways in the community, whether that's in economic development or more tourism or livability in that community. We've seen people create young professional groups in their community, really trying to drop, to keep or draw back youth in their community. We've seen people really be proactive about investing in infrastructure in their community, thinking about how you plan not just for the next year, but how do you plan from 20 years from now and making sure that you've got all of the the infrastructure that you need. Um, And so there's a lot of different ways that you can go about it, but certainly, um, you know, having those community champions and those people that that are willing to work hard to move the community forward is really important. I like that. Community champions and being able to, from a top-down level, encourage Mm -hmm. grassroots growth, Mm -hmm. right? Give people the tools and give people the motivation to build and uphold their own communities. And one thing that the governor says a lot and is totally true that we at the state, we the government, aren't the ones that are going to have the answer. We, we have a role here and it's a support role. We want communities to be able to lead the way and we want to have their backs as they're doing that. We've got programs and resources to do that, but we want them to set the direction and to lead the way. Well, that's great. Amanda, um, is there anything else that you would like to share with the, the good people out there uh, about 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 your rural strategies about everything that you guys are doing one thing that i will share with all the listeners out there is i would really encourage you to go get out and explore some of our rural communities mm-hmm. i'm astounded all the time about these great gems of a restaurant that i find in this little downtown or a coffee shop or this beautiful waterfall or this great hike there's so much great stuff out there um so close by and would really encourage you to to take advantage of that Well, that is awesome. Amanda, we've talked about dedicated, workable, teachable workforces. We've talked about Friday night football games (laughs) and and the impact that a rural community has and a rural upbringing. I'm with you. I'm 100. I was like rural route, you know, back in the day. And um, and you know the kind of uh, values that you get to grow up with. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I just I really appreciate your time. I appreciate your perspective. And where can people learn more about what you guys are up to and or how can somebody get involved? We have lots of information on our website. So if you go to 
tn.gov slash ecd there's a rural development tab up there and there's tons of programs there um, that uh, you can get involved with that can help your community and we you know we always for any community leaders out there uh, the team that i work with we love to come out we love to meet with you we we want to be there to support you so please reach out to us and and we're we're happy to help however we can Wonderful. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, having me. Absolutely. Well, I am Chris McAdoo. I'm Brad Carpenter. And this has been Best Behavior Creative Club, a design sensory original production live from Nashville, Tennessee.